everybody it is it is monday it's monday august the 9th 2021 we're a, a third of the way through the month already hi this is bob bro welcome to the best old time radio podcast for monday and on mondays we play an old time radio comedy and we do that because we know that you folks have had a wonderful weekend sometimes a little too wonderful and uh by the time monday morning rolls around it's kind of hard to climb out of bed and all of a sudden, facing the entire work week ahead of you, sometimes you just need something to kind of perk you up. And we have found that there's nothing better than an old-time radio comedy. And we've got a good one lined up for you today. Chester, you're looking good this morning. He's always dapper. On Monday mornings, doesn't Monday mornings, Thursday mornings doesn't make any difference. Chester's always very dapper. Always dresses very fastidiously. Yeah. Big thumbs up to you too, Chester, and thank you for all the work you do here. We, uh, we've we got a few guests in here, and he's served refreshments. So what you need to do now is get over into that big easy chair of yours, get your feet up, get yourself a little something to eat or to drink, and just let the cares of the day drift away, because we're coming right back at you with this week's old-time radio comedy. Coming up tonight, or today, is a uh, episode of the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show that was first broadcast January 25th, 1950, and they'd already made the switch over to CBS. There's a guest on this one tonight, and it's Ronald Reagan. And of course, this was before he was president. He was president of the Screen Actors Guild in 1950. Uh, pretty good story. Uh, he is being toasted at the Friars Club, and George is scheduled to give a speech, and we'll kind of take it from there. There's a few interesting things to uh, watch for in this one as you're listening. George and Blanche, I mean, uh, Gracie and Blanche, her next-door neighbor, uh, go to Reagan's house, much to the chagrin of George, who, in fact, in fact had asked them not to. And while they're waiting for him to come home, there's a very funny uh, dialogue between them, and something happens on stage, and the audience just really starts laughing hard. Those are always real mysteries to me because you know it was something really funny, and you wish you had the background information, the, the inside scoop, but you never do. But just listen for that. 
as they're talking about uh, about him, then you, and and then when his housekeeper opens the door, that's kind of a funny funny scene too. Once Reagan comes home, he has a monologue with uh, with Gracie that is very very funny, and uh, you'll you'll listen to it. It's funny he talks about his early days in uh, Illinois, and I know right where he was from. He was from Dixon, Illinois, and he went to Eureka College. And I used to have all of that area in a sales territory of mine, and I used to uh, know that area well. Um, he mentions in it that uh, his dad was a farmer that they used to have cyclones, and I don't remember in my lifetime. Uh, tornadoes ever being referred to as cyclones in this country. But uh, he does talk about cyclones. Uh, did they call it a cyclone in, in The Wizard of Oz? Did they, Chester? You know, I, I don't remember either. I think maybe they might have. They might have called it a cyclone. Anyway, just something to watch for. Um, okay, so here it is, the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show from uh, January 25th, 1950. And the name of this one is generally uh, Friars Club Speech with guest Ronald Reagan. Yes, it's the Amadent Show, transcribed in Hollywood and starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With our special guest, Ronald Reagan, yours truly, Bill Goodwin, B. Benaderet, Hal March, Marvin Miller, Harry Lubin, and the Amadent Orchestra. For healthy laughter, it's George and Gracie. And for healthier teeth, for fewer cavities, it's Amadent Toothpaste. The theatrical club to which George Burns belongs, the Friars, is giving a testimonial dinner for movie star Ronald Reagan, and George is going to be one of the speakers. We find him now preparing his speech. Gracie, I've got a very funny opening. Would you like to hear it? I'd love to. <clears throat> Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest Ronnie Reagan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story. It seems oh, George, you... I heard a terribly funny story that would make a great opening for your speech. <laughs> oh, I just uh, look, I've got an opening. Um, <laughs> as I look at our... Uh, Gracie, please. Oh, I can't help it, George. It's the funniest story I ever heard. <laughs> well, if it's that funny, let's hear it. Oh, I wish I could remember it. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll use the opening I've got. You As know, I look it, at our... seems, it seems a shame to have to write a whole new speech. Why don't you just change the name and use the same speech you made for Sophie Tucker? Brilliant idea. I'll say, um, tonight we pay tribute to Ronnie Reagan, the last of the Red Hot Mamas. <laughs> Gracie, what I said about Sophie Tucker wouldn't fit Ronnie Reagan. No, huh? No. You see, one was discovered singing in a restaurant and the other playing football. Oh, really? Where did Sophie play football? For Notre Dame. Oh, oh, you're right. That wouldn't fit Ronnie. Oh, no, no, no. For your information, Gracie, Ronnie was an outstanding back. Well, Sophie's outstanding on both sides. 
look, what I need is some facts about Ronnie's life so I could finish this speech. You know, I, I can tell you what the girls at the beauty shop say about Ronnie Regan. Some of them have dated him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how girls feel about handsome movie stars. Sure. Well, I found out handsome movie stars feel the same way about girls. <laughs> I imagine Ronnie's popular with the girls. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to decide who's more popular, Ronnie or Bill Goodwin. It's neck and neck, huh? Every night. <laughs> Let it go. Well, have I been a help to you, George? Tremendous. Oh, I'm Tremendous. glad. I, I wanted to put you in a good mood before I told you about the dream I had last night. What was that? Well, I dreamt that you bought me a 1950 Cadillac, and I bought you a necktie. <laughs> that was a nice dream. Yeah, here's the tie. <laughs> well, I've kept my end of the bargain. And now I'm supposed to buy you a Cadillac? Well, sure, because I dreamt it and dreams come true. Well, tonight you can dream that I've changed my mind. Uh, forget the whole idea. But, George, this isn't my idea. It came from my subconscious mind. There's another one? <laughs> Look, honey, I wasn't born yesterday. I know that. Come in. Well, Blanche Morton. Hello, Gracie. Hello, George. Hiya, Hello. Blanche. I just had to come over and tell you the dream I had about you two last night. About us, Blanche? Yes. I dreamt that George bought you a 1950 Buick. A Cadillac. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cadillac. No! Yes! Well, that's remarkable. I had exactly the same dream. No! Yes! <laughs> Have you two Dolly sisters finished your act? <laughs> well? Act? I know you cooked this up. Cooked it up? What do you think I am, a jerk? You better take that one alone, Gracie. I'm liable to ad-lib you right into a Ford. <laughs> Look, Rosie and Jenny. <laughs> I'm not even getting a Ford, so relax. And as long as you're here, Blanche, I'd like you to listen to the opening of my speech. Oh, it's for the Ronnie Regan dinner at the Friars Club, Blanche. All right. <clears throat> Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story. It seems Oh, two... George, I heard a wonderful story that'll fit right in there. <laughs> I've got a story, you see. Not as funny as this no. one. No. The husband said to his wife, why didn't you mend the holes in my socks? And she said, you didn't buy that fur coat I wanted, so I figured if you didn't give a rep, I didn't give a darn. <laughs> <laughs> What's that got to do with Ronnie Regan? Well, he wears socks. <laughs> Look, will you listen? Will you listen to my opening, please? Friars, come in. Hello, George. Hello, Gracie. Oh, hello, Harry. Hi, Harry. If you're looking for your wife, here she is. No, no, George. I just dropped by to tell you about the dream I had last night. <laughs> I dreamt that you bought Gracie a 1950 car. <gasps> no. Yes. I dreamt the same thing. No. Yes. Well, Harry Richmond is back with the Dolly Sisters again. <laughs> George. You can all relax. I'm not going to buy a 1950 car. We don't need it. It would be different if our car was a wreck. It would, huh? Come back here, Gracie. 
wish I had some facts about Ronnie's life so I could finish the speech. Well, I'll go over to his house and interview him for you. Never mind. I'll get the information. Oh, well, you'll be too busy buying me a Cadillac. Come on, Blanche. You can go along and meet Ronald Reagan in person. Oh, Gracie. Isn't that disgusting? Gracie is staying here. And so are you, Blanche. Ronald Reagan is nothing to get excited about. He's no different from me. We're both men, we're both flesh and blood. Yeah. Except you got the flesh and he got the blood. <laughs> Just stay away from Regan's house. Oh, come on, Blanche. Let's go out in the kitchen and have a cup of coffee. Okay, Gracie. <laughs> Some acting. Yeah. That wife of yours kills me, George. Imagine thinking she could get a new car with that dream idea. Oh, I don't think she really expected it to work, Harry. She does those things for kicks. <laughs> I remember once. Come in. Uh, Mr. Burns? Yes? Hi, Mr. Brown from Hillcrest Motors. I've got your new Cadillac out front. <laughs> You'll just sign here, please. I'm not buying a new Cadillac. But... Mr. Burns, I spent all day yesterday with your wife answering her questions, explaining the car to her. Mr. Burns, I've earned this sale. I'm sorry, Mr. Burns. Do you know what she asked me to do? Put the windshield wipers on the inside so they wouldn't get wet when it rained. <laughs> I don't... And listen, all the time she was talking, she kept running the automatic windows up and down. What for? She was cracking nuts. <laughs> well, look, Mr. Brown, maybe in a year or two I'll buy a car from you. But right now you can do me a little favor. Like what? Well, you're a salesman and you listen to lots of speeches. Listen to the opening of this speech and see what you think of it. Okay. <clears throat> Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story. It seems oh, say, to... I heard a dilly you can use, Mr. Burns. Uh, look, you uh... see, these three old men, 75, 85, and 95, are discussing how they'd like to die. And the first one says, I'd like to get it over fast, crash in a jet plane. And the second one says, I'll take freezing. That's just like going to sleep. And they both turned to the 95-year-old and said, well, how about you, Pop? And he says, I'd like to be shot by a jealous husband. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Brown. Goodbye, Mr. Brown. You know, it sounds like you got a great speech. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> Schmo. Hey, George. George? Yes? I just looked out in the kitchen. Our wives are gone. I bet anything they went to Regan's house. Don't be silly, Harry. We gave them orders not to. They wouldn't dare. Yeah, I guess you're right. They wouldn't dare. Of course not. <laughs> Well, here we are, Blanche. This is Ronald Reagan's house. Oh, Gracie, I'm so excited. <laughs> Imagine meeting that big, handsome movie star in person. Oh, well, now, don't expect too much, Blanche. You know, on the screen, they use all kinds of tricks to make those movie stars look good. Makeup and putty and built-up shoes and girdles and wigs and goodness knows what all. You may get quite a shock when you see Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? It, no, what did you say? <laughs> well, Blanche, I 
of shocked when you see Ronnie Regan. Oh, I don't think so. I've seen him from a distance. What a man. Six feet. There you are. On the screen, you only see two. <laughs> Ring the doorbell, Gracie. <laughs> You'll see how wrong you are. All right. But don't say I didn't warn you. I've heard about these things, you know. Yes, please, ladies. Uh, this humble person may be of assistance. Well, caught you without your makeup, eh, Mr. Regan? <laughs> oh, Gracie. Uh, excuse, please. Me not Mr. Legan. Me, Mr. Legan's boy. His boy, huh? Do you look like your father? <laughs> Gracie, he's not Ronald Regan's son. He's a houseboy. He works for him. Oh. Yes, me, Wong. Well, it's big of you to admit it. <laughs> is that, is the Mr. Regan at home? No, but I expect him very soon. Uh, please to come in and wait. Oh, we'd love to. <laughs> I'll say. Oh, isn't this exciting, Blanche, being in Ronnie Regan's home? Oh, it's like a dream. If he walks in that door, I hope somebody pinches me. Well, don't count on it, Blanche. He's a very nice boy. <laughs> well, anyway, I can't wait for him to get oh, here. Me. Back to the home of movie star Ronnie Regan, where Gracie and Blanche are awaiting his arrival. Oh, I just saw him drive in the driveway, Blanche. It won't be long now. Oh, Gracie, I'm so nervous. I just know I'll stutter and stammer when I meet him. Oh, now calm down. You'll be all right. I'll practice my diction. How now, brown cow? <laughs> I think he'd like it better if you just said hello, Mr. Regan. <laughs> my knees are shaking. I'm going to stand behind this chair so I'll have something to lean on. Oh, Wong, I'm... Well, looks like I have company. How now, brown cow... <laughs> I mean, hello, Mr. Reagan. You're Gracie Allen, aren't you? That's right. And look who's behind the chair. It's George. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, no, this is my friend Blanche Morton. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Please forgive me, Blanche. Uh, is it all right if I call you Blanche? Yeah, I like it better than George. <laughs> Imagine thinking you were a man. Well, it's the fault of the light in here. I'll make it dimmer. <laughs> uh, 
Please sit down, ladies. Now, to what do I owe the pleasure of this visit? Oh, well, we want to find out all about your life, Mr. Reagan. You see, George is going to make a speech at your dinner. Yes, uh, so I've been warned. Uh, told. <laughs> well, now, tell me all about yourself, and I'll make notes for George. Very well. I'll start by telling you where I came from. I was raised on a farm in Illinois. Well, that certainly beats California. All they can raise out here is vegetables. <laughs> I meant that my father had a farm and I grew up on it. Oh! I went to a country school. This will sound corny, but I actually had to walk four miles to the schoolhouse. You poor boy. Did you go to college? Yes, I went to college on a scholarship. That certainly beat walking, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, tell me more about the farm. Did you raise any silos? One of the biggest in Illinois, until a cyclone came along. I remember one summer we had three cyclones. Really? Yeah, but we had a good cyclone seller. Oh, he must have been good if he sold you three cyclones. <laughs> well, so much for your boyhood days. Now, I want to know all about you now. How old are you? You mean before we started this interview or now? <laughs> I've aged considerably. Well, uh, how old are you now? A and tell the truth, Mr. Reagan. I think it's silly for people to lie about their age. Well, uh, I'd say I'm about your age. Oh, and out of college already? <laughs> yes. Now, tell me some exciting things that have happened to you. Well, I've had a few narrow escapes hunting. See the bearskin rug in front of the fireplace? Yes. Well, that bear charged me. How much? <laughs> he attacked me. If I hadn't gotten him, he'd have gotten me. Oh, well, I'm awfully glad it was him. He makes a much better rug. Thanks. Now, is, uh, is that the most nerve-wracking experience you've ever had? Let's say it was the second most nerve-wracking. <laughs> when was the first? It isn't over yet. <laughs> Well, um, now tell me all about how you happened to get into the Come in. Hi, George. Oh, hello, Bill. I'm glad you dropped by. Would you listen to the opening of my Ronnie Regan speech? Uh, and, and see what you think of it. Oh, sure, George. <clears throat> but listen, first let me tell you about the dream I had last night. <laughs> I dreamt that you bought Gracie a 1950 Cadillac. Yeah, how'd you know? You're the fourth dream I've seen walking. How did Gracie get you into this plot? Well, she said she'd let me borrow the car to take my girls out. You've got a car. Well, it's a coupe. It only holds three girls. Got to keep coming back to Hollywood and Vine for a refill. New car is out. Well, okay, I did my best. Let's hear the opening of your speech. I think it's pretty funny, Bill. <clears throat> uh, friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest, Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story. It seems... <laughs> well, go on. Thanks. It seems there were... Hey, I just thought of a... George, a girl was leaving home for the big city, so her mother said, now, Doris, don't ever let a man come to your apartment, because if you do, mother will worry. 
So the daughter said, okay, mom, I'll go to his apartment and let his mother work. <laughs> Does an Afra have any straight men? <laughs> now, just relax, George. What are you going to say about Ronnie Regan after your opening? Well, I'll tell about him being the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, yeah, that lucky dog. That's how he gets the girls. What? He got a law passed. Whenever a screen actor gets married, his little black book automatically goes to the president. <laughs> Look at December alone. Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, and Clark Gable. He hit the jackpot. Hello, dear. Hello, Bill. Look who I brought back with me. Well, Ronnie, come in. Glad to see you. Hello, George. Hiya, Bill. Hello, Lucky. <laughs> Ronnie, tell George about the dream you had last night. Oh, yes. Just I tell know. me the model. <laughs> I know the rest of it. A convertible. <laughs> Thanks. I had a wonderful interview with Ronnie George. I'll tell you about it as soon as I make us all some tea. Good idea, Gracie. Uh, how would you like it, fellas? I'll take a slice of lemon. Uh, just sugar for me. I'll take cream. Nobody wants tea, huh? <laughs> Just bring the other stuff, yes. <laughs> Ronnie, I called Warner Brothers and got all the dope I needed for my speech. Uh, I'm sorry Gracie bothered you. Oh, I didn't mind. But man, how do you stand it every day? <laughs> it isn't easy. Once I decided to throw myself under a train. Oh, George, you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I didn't. <clears throat> oh. I'll go, I'll go collect my notes and run through my speech for you. Okay, George. Hey, listen, Ron, I've been waiting to get you alone. What did it take for Gable's book? <laughs> no sale, Bill. But, Ronnie, you've got so many. To date all those beautiful dolls, you'll have to live to be 150. With that incentive, I might make it. <laughs> well, you'd know more about that than I would. You're closer. <laughs> I wouldn't talk, Bill. You're pushing 40. Well, if I'm pushing it, you're dragging it. Are you kidding? The girls are starting to call you the grand old man of Mulholland. Listen, I could take a girl away from you with my hands tied behind me. That's the only way they'll go out with you. Ooh, I wish there was a girl here right now so I... Well, here you are, boys. A slice of lemon and a lump of sugar. Gracie, my romantic technique has been challenged by this character actor. Now, just for a minute, would you pretend that you're single? Yes, Gracie, we'll try our techniques on you. Now, forget that you're married to George Burns. But, oh, it takes time to forget a thing like that. Well... Well, that's long enough. Okay, Ronnie, you start. Ah, Gracie, you're lovely, beautiful, enchanting. I kiss your hand. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now it's my turn. Oh, you love it, Bill. It tickles. <laughs> no, Gracie. It's my turn to show my technique, my line. What line? Come with me, Gracie. We'll drive through the park. Come with me, Gracie. We'll drive to the ocean and watch the moonlight on the water. We'll go dining and dancing. We'll have champagne and caviar. We'll brush our teeth with amadent ammoniated toothpaste. 
What? You can't top that, Bill. Girls love Amadette toothpaste. Wait a minute, that's my line. It leaves your mouth feeling fresh and clean, your teeth bright and sparkling. Amadette is a grand wake-up toothpaste. Ronnie, don't say it so good. I got a living to make. More dentists recommend Amadent than any other dentifrice. How about it, Gracie? I'll go with you, Ronnie. Oh, no, you won't. If he's furnishing Amadent toothpaste, I'm going with him. <laughs> well, Ronnie, I've got my speech all ready. Sit down, everyone, and give a lesson. Okay, George. <clears throat> Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest, Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest, Abana, I'm reminded of a story. It seems that... Oh, two... George, I know a story that'll be great in that <laughs> You like mine, Ronnie. Ah, but wait till you hear this one. A spinster school teacher, sweet 36, and never been kissed, has her first date. Well, the moonlight, a smooth line, the fella kisses her. Immediately, she bursts out crying. She says, oh, how can I ever face those dear, sweet, innocent children tomorrow with two black marks against me? The fella says, what do you mean, two? She says, well, you're going to kiss me again, aren't you? <laughs> That'll never get a laugh Now please everyone Let me do my speech <clears throat> Friars, friends, toastmasters now, I think it's terrible the way everybody interrupts Judge, go ahead dear <laughs> Thanks Friars, friends, toastmasters Any man who's nice enough to buy his wife a Cadillac Certainly deserves to try out his speech Go ahead Judge <laughs> Friars, friends, toastmasters Probably toast... a wonderful speech Show them dear George is a fine speaker. Oh, no, I can't continue. And in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, I can only wish Ronnie Regan the success and happiness that he so richly deserves. I thank you. How long did that run, Gracie? Exactly ten minutes, George, and it's a beautiful speech. Well, thanks for listening to it. Oh, it was a pleasure, darling. Doesn't this new Cadillac ride beautifully? Yes. Gee, it's swell in the back seat, too, isn't it, Ron? Wonderful. But how come the windshield wiper's on the inside? <laughs> I'll explain that sometime, Ronnie. George and Gracie will return in just a moment. Join us again next Wednesday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Harry Lubin and the Amadent Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Brought to you by the makers of Amadent, the ammoniated toothpaste and tooth powder. Recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. The George Burns and Gracie Allen program was transcribed in Hollywood, written by Paul Henning, Sid Dorfman, Larry Klein, and Harvey Helm, and produced by William Burns. Now here are our stars. Gracie, next week our guest star will be the Bank of America. The Bank of America? Well, the same thing. Al Jolson. Oh, oh, oh he's wonderful. George, you know that million-dollar robbery back in Boston? Do you think any of that money was Jolson's? No, Gracie. Those armor trucks are too small to carry Jolson's loot. The Navy moves his money in battleships. Oh, oh, so that's why the Missouri got stuck in the mud. Yeah, that did it. <laughs>
See you next week, Jolie. Good night, folks. Wednesday and every Wednesday, listen to the Amadent Show starring George and Gracie. Good night, everyone. Stay tuned for the Lum and Abner Show, which follows immediately. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. So there you have it. That was the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show as originally broadcast January 25th, 1950 on CBS. It's uh, generally referred to as the Friars Club Dinner Speech with guest Ronald Reagan. Uh, pretty good show. I thought there was some really funny stuff in there. Just a couple of notes of things that uh, you may, may or may not be familiar with. He mentioned Sophie Tucker, that he had given a previous speech and a toast to Sophie Tucker. And uh, Sophie Tucker was a, a singer. She was a radio personality, too, but she, was all, she started off more like a lounge singer. And uh, actually, she was from Russia. She, she was born in 1886, I think it is. Her parents immigrated to the United States. They settled in Hartford, Connecticut. Apparently, he was a deserter from the Soviet army, and so he wanted to get the heck out of Dodge, and they successfully made it to, uh, to Connecticut. They, they opened a restaurant, her parents did, and she used to be a waitress in there as a young girl, like 10, 11, 12 years old, and she would sing between delivering dishes to, to customers, and they said that she would sing with uh, all the feeling that she later became known for, and that customers would actually start crying. They'd be so moved with her, with her singing. Uh, she went on to, uh, like I said, get, well, she was in the Zigfield Follies for a while when she got discovered, and she was sort of a hit. But the other uh, women, the other Zigfield girls, didn't like her. And more or less, she was kind of uh, forced out. Otherwise, he would have had a major mutiny on his hand. She was a large woman. And she wasn't particularly attractive, but you know, by the standards of the day. And so she used that a lot in her routines. She would talk about being fat and ugly. And some of her songs even were kind of like comedic songs. And they would talk about the fat girl or so that was kind of unique at the time. She also got a reputation for being very bawdy, kind of like a Mae West type character. So that was uh, Sophie Tucker. She was very, very popular in the first part of the uh, 20th century. I guess that's it. Did you notice the part about when they were waiting at the door there at Reagan's house? Something happened that really tickled the audience. Gracie was saying he's probably not a tall man. He's probably not a good-looking man. My guess is Reagan came out and took his place at the microphone. And that's probably what everybody was reacting to. Because Gracie was trying to say, oh, he's probably really short. And they put uh, putty on his face and makeup and whatnot. But the audience really got a kick out of it. All right. Uh, we're going to put George Burns and Gracie Allen away for a few weeks. But there's plenty more where that came from. Burns and Allen, a classic 
classic radio show. That is going to do it for this uh, this Monday, August the 9th, 2021. So glad you stopped by. I hope you enjoyed the Burns and Allen Show. We'll be back tomorrow with an old-time radio drama. Thought we would go out tonight with a little song or two by Sophie Tucker, who we were just talking about. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. Some kind friends say, Sophie, dear, I think you're much too stout. Right away they suggest the diet they think best. They make me sick. I wish they'd cut it out. I don't want to get thin. I don't want to get thin. Why should I when I'm all right as I am? Those slender-waisted mamas, they make me laugh. My goodness, men like to see a little fore and aft. I don't want to reduce. Furthermore, what's the use? When the men follow me around like Mary's lamb. The girls who talk of dieting, gee, they get on my nerves. If you want to keep your husband straight, show him a lot of curves. I don't want to get thin. You can laugh and you can grin, but I'm doing very well the way I am. Miss Tucker, I think you could do with a pound less or two. <laughs> look what's talking. If he'd close one eye, he'd look like a needle. Mind your own business, Teddy. I'm satisfied to be the way I am. I've got a lot of what I've got, and my friends love it, mind you. They're no vegetarians. They like their meat and plenty of it. Well, I think you could spare a pound here or there. Nobody is asking you, young man. Keep your mind on your music. I can't when you're around. Look where I am not. I can't see that far. All right, I'll buy you some field glasses. I'm fat, and I know it, and I intend to stay fat. Miss Tucker, you shouldn't say fat. In the best places, they say one is stout. <laughs> In the best places, I'm fat. As I was saying, folks, I'll eat anything. Anything? Anything. You won't eat ham. Well, we'll leave politics and religion out of this. I've noticed one thing, girls. You can store this in your dome. All the married men who run after me have skinny wives at home. You'll have to be much thinner to attract the young sheiks. Don't worry, I'm doing all right for the Spaniards and the Greeks. I don't want to lose weight. The boys tell me I'm great and my sweetheart loves me just the way I am. I have no fear that he'll go chasing round with other mamas. He may find one who will fill my shoes but not my pajamas. I don't care what I weigh. I eat pie every day. 
I hate pineapples and I don't care for lamb. I'll tell you very frankly, I weigh 163. But many a sunny boy has tried to climb upon my knee. And I don't want to get thin. You can laugh and you can grin. But I'm doing very well the way I am. You're gonna miss me, honey, when I'm far away. 